Remember to rate and review. This is one of those things that I really suggest you try and say it. It sounds cheesy. It sounds corny. But the more people you can get to do this, the more your podcast has a chance of moving up things. If you have no ratings and no reviews, only people that you tell to listen to your podcast are going to be able to find it, really. That's a struggle. Then it's the recording part. The recording part's magic. Everything's fine. You just record it. You're done. Uh, I have other talks on that uh, about some things you can work on from the recording process. But the real key in that is just talk. Talk honestly. Talk about things you actually know about. I'm not starting a podcast about geometry. I got the shapes down, but other than that, I don't have much. So make sure that you know what you're talking about and it just works. So what the hell is post-production? I use someone else to edit and cut my podcast because I'm not good at it and I hate it. So I have someone who does that for me. Uh, They're called Oak Studios, O-K-E Studios, and they do all my editing for me because I don't want to. And they're awesome. If you want to get into post-production, there's tons of stuff you can do. There's some very simple programs. Uh, Logic, GarageBand, Audacity, all these different things. But that's a, that's a much deeper. You're going to want to like really dig into some tutorials on it. I am not an editor and nor do I want to be. Show notes. The bottom of your podcast, explain what your podcast is about. Uh, because when someone looks at an episode and you get their attention really, really quickly into it, they might look at the notes and go, that sounds really cool. If you've got a cool guest on your podcast, lead with that information. Uh, if someone is cooler than you and you're talking to them, let's start with that. Let's not start with like, I'm going to have this great conversation about da, 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 da. Like my Jonathan Torrens episode, he's a celebrity. So it opens with like, Jonathan Torrens is in the title. Jonathan Torrens is in the show notes because that makes sense. You can also, in most apps, put links here. So if you want them to go to a particular place when they're done, this is where you're going to do that. And all the, the uh, programs you're going to use for recording it, they're all going to have a place for show notes. I use an app called Anchor because it's free and it works really well. And honestly, if you're starting a podcast, I would thoroughly recommend that you use Anchor. I have now about eight podcasts that I'm hosting or helping host on Anchor. Release the Kraken. Release it. Like, it's one thing to record it. It's another thing if you don't ever release it. And if you're waiting for it to be perfect, it's not going to be. It's it's probably never going to be. And you need to just get it out there. Don't worry about it. The first episode might not be perfect, but you're going to get better at it as you go. And you have to release it in order to do the next thing, which is engage with your guests. If you have a guest on your podcast and they have a social following, this is very much in line with what Roddy talked about. You might have 100 people that are following. If your guest has 100 people that are following you, you have 200 people that can hear about that podcast. If you have 50 people and your guest has 1,000 people and you don't send the link out to your guest and ask them to share it and do all those things, you are doing yourself a disservice. Because they will not just share it because they happen to. They'll share it because you asked them to. Uh, So make sure that you're engaging them. With that, make sure you share it. Share it more than once. Share it in different ways. Share a picture. Share a clip. There's this great app called Audiogram that I use that actually pulls a small caption and actually does captioning of what I say during the podcast, saves it as a video, and then I can push that out. So save it as video. Save it as audio. Share it as some text, share some pictures from it, share it as much as you can and share it more than once. Our feeds are busy. I follow close to a thousand people on Twitter. I follow 800 people on Instagram. Your post comes up once while I'm just using my thumb to do this for a little while. I'm probably not going to see it. But if it comes out once in a while and it's a little bit different each time, you've got a better chance of hitting those things. And if you really want to, 
make specific links from each of those posts so that you know what posts actually worked. So if you post text on Twitter and a video on Twitter and an audio clip on Twitter and a link on Twitter, use a program like Bitly, for example, to have different ways to send them to it. So you can then track and say, I notice every time I share that audio file, that's why people are going to it. Then that's what you should be sharing going forward. And share it as much as you can. If you become annoying, people will let you know. Uh, trust me. The last thing, KPI, what to measure and how to measure. You have to decide what you're going to measure. Number of listeners is not an across the board important metric. Because if what you're trying to do is, for example, guide people to a particular project product and people are going to that, even though you've only got 100 listeners, you've got 10 people each week that are going to this thing, then great. If that's the number that you wanted people to go to, measure something with your podcast if you're doing it professionally. If you're not doing it professionally, for the love of God, don't measure it. The biggest mistake I made with that first podcast, which I loved doing, was actually looking at the metrics, realizing people weren't listening to it and stopping. Because I, if I hadn't of, I'd have a 10-year-old podcast right now that since the advent of all these social media platforms, I probably could have shared better. And to be honest, I really loved recording it. And I should have done that. So if your podcast is personal, go do it. If it's professional, measure it. If you don't measure it, it doesn't matter. And so the measurements have to be what you decide. If you decide you want more listeners, go get more listeners. If you decide you want more social shares, go get more social shares. Target those and measure them. Question. General standard uh, with, with podcast releases is release weekly. There are people who release daily. Uh, Chef Ben Kelly has a podcast called Food and Five. And he releases a podcast every day and it's five minutes long. And I'll usually what will happen with me is I'll, once a week, I'll go in and I'll binge that week's stuff. But otherwise, people are kind of expecting now that you're going to have a weekly. It's OK if you don't do a weekly, if you establish to people how often you're going to be doing it. If you say this is our monthly thing and people can expect that and it happens every month, then it's fine. The real issue comes if you release one weekly and then you release it two weeks after, and then you go weekly for a little while, and then you take a month off and you release five in a row, and then you do this. And I've done that. And I still do that sometimes because I get busy with other things. But do your very best to release a weekly podcast. And if that means it's only 10 minutes long, or it's only eight minutes long, or it's an hour long, whatever it is that you need to do for it, release a weekly podcast if possible. There was a question up here first, I think. Maybe not. Nope. Oh, Ivy. I don't like doing that. You, like you mean like, hey, let's chat for a little bit, work at work. I don't. I really like the the natural and honest responses to a question. One of the things that we found with the ministry podcast is we would ask these people like, do you have stories of this? And they dig into them a little bit. And then when you did the actual podcast, they wouldn't share that story because in their mind, they've already shared that story. Uh, so I don't like to do pre-interviews. I like to give some questions and I might hop on a call for like two minutes just to say like, are you comfortable with what we're doing? But I don't like to do pre-interviews because I really feel it becomes a little wooden. There is a nice feel to that. I, I actually, it, it, they do it for a bunch of reasons. The biggest reason is it lets them get ahead of production and then get to another one without it looking like they just messed up. Because I'll be totally honest with you, a lot of the times it's just, they just messed up. They just realized I, I can't make 16 episodes in a row here. I have three weeks off here. Welcome to the next season. Uh, and you roll it out that way. So seasons are a good reason for a lot of things. Um, it also creates that anticipation of like, oh, it's the next season. It's the next season. You know, Stranger Things is like my favorite TV show. And they, they run short seasons. Like those, that's not a lot of episodes. 
whereas like 24 for like 48 years has been running 24 episodes and you're like it just kind of kills you're like is this season who cares whereas stranger things you're like season three that's season three it's coming it's short i know it it's tight it's easy uh so that would be the answer to the first one. Second one and then i promise michael we'll get them going oh we got lots of questions perfect you can it, it it can be problematic and that's just people being people people kind of get into an idea they have an expectation of how long something is now i do this all the time with riding cars with cats what i'll often do and what i did for a long time when i knew i only had like i've got eight minutes here to record i, I would i would actually note on it that it was a i used to call them the super bonus mini episodes so i would say like oh this is a super bonus mini episode and then people would know like okay this is a short one Whereas the full length ones are a little bit longer. So you can shuffle around that way. I think it's okay to say once in a while do it, but I would try and shy away from like bouncing back and forth. A solution to that is you get yourself an editor. And if you record a 45 minute conversation on a podcast you normally have for 20 minutes, congratulations, you have a two part series and you have two weeks of podcast you can release. And that's a really easy way to get more content. Uh, any other questions? I very rarely, uh, first off, I give almost no direction to my editor. I, I let him take it as like, if you think something sucks, cut it out. And he'll usually message me and say, hey, there was a part where sound wasn't great and it's not super important in the conversation. Can we cut it out? Or he'll say like, hey, probably take this out because it just doesn't make sense for the rest of the conversation. That happens. But I tend to do it very stream of consciousness. And then I have him correct any errors that I've made. But it, it is nice to be able to cut stuff out. I find the more I edit it, honestly, just the more time I take on something that's – the editing is not worth it. I, I, so I, I worked uh, with the yoga studio that I work with on the mat. I go to on the mat on Oxford Street, not as often as I should. But uh, when I worked with them one time, I was helping them out with newsletters. And the owner, Tori, and I were chatting, and um, she <laughs> she was like, okay, we're going to go over this newsletter. You're going to help me craft it, and then we'll go from there. And so I like fixed some stuff that I was like, hey, I, I would use a picture here to click on rather than just a button, not just the link of text, like give people a really key reason to do it. And then she's like, great, I'm going to take this home and like go over it tonight and then I'll release it. And I was like, no, you're going to look at it for five minutes right now and then we're going to push send. She's like, well, I have to. And I was like, look, if you send this to a thousand people, changing of to and or changing this to this, like changing that font from 11 point to 12 point, which is exactly what I know she's going to do when she goes home. What's the return on investment for that? How many more people are going to see it? How many more people are going to decide that they like that thing? How many people more are going to click and go through? So for me, I look at it in terms of if there's a glaring issue, sure, let's edit. But it's very easy to get caught in the weeds of let's drill down on every single little tiny thing. And then you're like, like the ministry right now, we're doing a video that we've been working on for a while. And I'm like, hey, can we just, like, does it matter if, like, it folds this way or this way? Like, do we have to have a meeting for that? No. Uh, let's move forward with it. So I, I really am a big fan of, like, push ahead. And the other thing is you're allowed to mess up a little bit. Don't mess up big, but you're allowed to mess up small all the time. I've had episodes of the podcast where you'll hear me go, I don't remember what I was just saying uh, because a car pulled in front of me and I have to actually still drive a car. Or I just literally don't remember because I went off on a tangent. Now I don't remember where I was at. And you know what? No one's like, oh, amateur. They're like, oh, I do that. And you're set. So you don't really have to worry about that much. So I, I don't give a ton of direction. 
Uh, we've started introducing, I've got a, a couple of partners that I do advertising with now that we create the ads and put them in. So I'll often tell them this is roughly when I'd like that, but I, I do very little on the, on the, I let him do his thing and I do mine and we go from there. Any other questions? So the ministry I work for, we have a video podcast. There's a lot of work, a lot of time, and a lot of cost that goes into that. And generally, I can't watch that podcast on my commute to work. And most pe- the reason I really love podcasts over most other platforms, it is a passive consumption model. The idea is I can be doing anything else and add podcasting to that mix. I can be doing the dishes. My kids will all the time now ask me, like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm not talking. I'm listening to a podcast. They're like, about what? My kids have been on my podcast. My kids are also recording their own podcast. They're seven and five. It's pretty awesome. My daughter gave the best description ever. I asked her on the chip off the old block one, like, why do you like potato chips? She was like, well, because they're potato and salt. And I, I like potato and salt. What? And I was like, yeah, no, that's right on. Um, so I, I, I like it for its passiveness that I can do it when I'm doing everything else. I listen to podcasts when I'm on the bus, when I'm doing the dishes, when I'm sometimes when I'm going to bed at night, I'll often play video games while I've got a podcast in and I can just kind of go through it. So I really like audio. Some people love video and I generally think if you can do it easily, fine. But I'm not someone who's a proponent of investing video on podcasting. I'm a big fan of investing in video. You want to turn those into small IGTV snippets or Facebook Lives. You want to do it as Facebook Live instead. Feel free. You'll do very well with it. But the idea of like go to YouTube and watch this, I'm not going to. And YouTube makes it difficult. If I'm not a pro user, I can't even close the screen and keep the audio going in my head. I literally have to have it up and on. And every time it's like, would you like to pay more money for a feature that's included in every other app on the planet? I'm like, no. Uh, so that would be uh, what I would say for video. You had one right here? No. So I use a few different things. Uh, like I say, at the ministry, we've got like really, really nice equipment. I have a little iPhone mic that I picked up from the Apple store. It was about 200 bucks. It's called a Shure M1- M188, S-H-U-R-E. Uh, it does a really, really nice job. So if I'm sitting in a room and I'm, I'm recording... I'll usually use that. Other than that, I'll tend to use either the, the I'll use the headset mic. When I'm recording a phone call with someone, uh, I use a headset mic and I have an app that actually re- just records the phone call. It's called Record a Call by No Notes. Pay about 10 bucks a month for it, but I can record as many calls as I want and actually save them. So did anyone else have a question here? All right. If you need anything at any point, my Twitter is up there, One Red Fat Media. You can also find me at stuffmikedoes.ca on Instagram and a few things because I finally got tired of being like, hey, you do a whole bunch of things. You can go to wonderedcats.com. If you literally reach out to me with a question, if it's a question I can answer, I just answer it. So if you're like, oh, I had more questions about this presentation, please reach out to me. Feel free to listen to all those podcasts. This is going to be a podcast that's going to be on Riding in Cars with Cats probably in a couple of weeks. And thank you very much for your time. 
Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by Oak Studios. That's okestudios.ca. I could not do this without them. They're a Halifax-based podcast producer who takes care of all the editing and all of the technical stuff that I really didn't want to get into when I got into podcasting. So if you're looking to take that part of things away from you so that you can focus on actually doing a podcast, I'd really recommend you check out Oak Studios. That's okestudios.ca. Studios.